Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and I am joined today by my good friend, a happy man, up in Buffalo, Mason from Buffalo. How you doing, Mason? How how are things going this morning? Uh, fantastically. A little less sleep than probably usual. Uh, not usually that excited after a week one game, but man, it it felt good. Uh, I, I don't know how much you could hear in the video I sent you, but I mean, yeah, I live in a small suburban neighborhood and you could hear people yelling all over the neighborhood at 11 o'clock at night. Like, Yeah, that town's about to get, I, I just feel like, um, especially with the fact that other than the Bills, there's not much going on in Buffalo. No, no offense to you. Like, no, no, but, no, no, no. But, but like, I feel like Buffalo's not, but I feel like the next few months in that town are going to get absolutely nuts. I feel like everybody's going to, there's going to be Bills stuff all over the place. People are going to be nuts. It's always going to be loud and rowdy on Sundays, even in the suburbs. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an exciting time of year. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the, end zone podcast sometimes we'll do this uh mason and i have nice schedules that work out to be about the same for some of these big thursday night football games this year i think next week would be a good week to do it too because it's chiefs chargers a huge game in the in the afc west we will sit down friday and just do kind of a 20 25 minute recap on the game and focus in on what we saw in the primetime game. But this, of course, was the first football game of the year. And and let me tell you, Mason, I'm just so happy the football's back. I, I smiled, you know, I gave my saw my dad last night, gave him a big hug, and I said, you know what, Dad, everything's okay now. Like some sometimes life is kind of crummy, but it, it's hard to be crummy, and and you can kind of ignore the crummy parts when football's on. So I, I was so excited to have football back last night. And yeah, I mean, the Bills really just took care of business. A 21-point beatdown of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And there's really no other way to describe this game other than total domination from the Bills. A few mistakes from them, some fumbles by younger running backs. But other than that, and oh, the unfortunate Isaiah McKenzie interception. uh, Other than that, there, there just wasn't much to be critical of for the bills but i, I want to start here i want to start with the quarterbacks and and i want to i want to send a personal message because i know he'll listen to this to bradford about a few weeks ago we had our quarterback ranking show and i said no one had better control of an offense than josh allen and josh allen was by far the best quarterback in football after one week i think it's pretty hard to argue against that 26 for 31, almost 300 yards through the air, 56 yards and a touchdown on the ground, three touchdowns through the air, two interceptions, one of which the safety just jumped the route and the other one off the receiver's hands. A quarterback ranking that isn't super impressive because of those two picks, but I mean, you just look at Josh Allen, he was getting the ball out so fast. I don't know how to describe it other than he just looked in total control for most of that game, Mason. Yeah, I mean, Chris Collins worth 
likened him to Tom Brady, which I mean, there, there's not a lot of higher praise you can throw in there. And I know, you know, a lot of people really hate Chris Collinsworth and I'm not going to argue with a lot of their takes because, you know, he is who he is. But uh, it, it during the first half, especially like it really was reminiscent to those Patriots beatdowns that we took for two decades of just this methodical play where there's a guy who's just open for five or six yards every play because he's not going to force the issue of, well, there's that one guy and I'm going to make sure I get him the ball. And when he's open, he's going to be wide open. And it's just these, these really controlled throws from the pocket. And it was just amazing to see. I mean, at one point his average time to throw was 2.2 seconds. I mean, it, it doesn't matter that Aaron Donald, I mean, was genuinely still himself an absolute game record, just turning offensive linemen on their asses. But it didn't matter because when Josh doesn't have the ball anymore, what are you going to do in the backfield now? Like, it, it just doesn't work out that way. And we have so many pass catchers on the Bills at this point that someone's going to be open. You know, you can go ahead and, and try and put man on every one of our, our pass catchers and, and someone's going to going to get there for it. And so then you can try some zone and – it looked again, they tried that, and Jamison Crowder seemed like he had an absolutely excellent time finding those little holes in the coverage. I mean, outside of that one where, you know, I think maybe he could have come back for the ball a little more, but Josh, obviously, he could have put a little more zip on the ball, too, to get it to him a little quicker. I mean, he clearly didn't put everything into it, and Hill just looked like he hit another gear as soon as that ball left Josh's hand. I mean, it was very reminiscent of that Micah Hyde interception from the playoffs last year where a guy just comes out of nowhere on screen and just takes the ball and moves on with it. So it's, he's gotten so good at, at being that guy now. And I mean, I, I, I wrote down a lot of stuff and I want to talk about the Rams as much as I could to try and not be a total homer, but like almost start to finish, none of the game really involved the Rams being in control of anything. Uh, the turnovers were really Bill-centric issues, and their plays came off of just bad, bad stuff that the Bills did. Really, it, it's a hard game to look at the Rams and go like, "Well, this is what they are." It didn't look like they showed up much. Yeah, it, it's hard to make general analysis about the Rams because everything just did go so poorly. The story of this game was that the Buffalo Bills just looked like the far better team. You know, there there was such a gap in class between the two that it's hard to reconcile, I would say. Um, the thing for me that stood out is just how spread out the offense was for the Bills, and then we'll get to the Rams, you know, Three different wide receivers with four more catches. Um, Zach Moss with six receptions on the night. I found that to be really interesting. I don't. I. I don't know if you know this or not, uh, Mason, but I'm a Utah fan, so I, I. I have a special place in my heart for Zach Moss. Doesn't help when he fumbles the ball, but. I thought for the no, most part, and I think part of the reason he got as much use too was cook fumbling. I mean, you and you get your first touch and you put it on the ground, you're not seeing it again for a minute. Yeah, I I thought he looked okay though. Um, I did too. No, I thought that when he had the ball, he made some really nice runs. I thought even Devin Singletary looked like another just really competent running back. 
Yeah, it's so weird. It is hard for me to give analysis on Devin Singletary because what I see with my eyes and what he puts up in the box score are so different. I don't know if you feel this way, but when I watched that game last night, it felt like Devin Singletary dominated every run he went on. No, absolutely. And you're not alone in that. But he finished with only 48 yards. And I I know part of that's because there's such a throw-heavy offense, and Singletary only got the ball eight times. So still, that's around six yards of carry. That's really, really good. But it's just... You know, I think one of the reasons I kind of constantly underrate Devin Singletary is in the age of fantasy football, you know, he doesn't put up monster stats, but he is a good, like, take fantasy football out of it. He is just a good running back who can provide a nice spark for your team as they go along. Gabe Davis looked very good. That offseason hype looks like it's paying off. He seemed to be kind of the deep threat for them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Stephon Diggs still dominates, obviously. Eight catches, 122 yards. Uh, Still the number one wide receiver there. Still in basically the safety blanket for Josh Allen. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, One thing that I, I wasn't thrilled by. As a, as a fantasy owner, I know I know this isn't necessarily a fantasy podcast, but I did draft Dawson Knox probably too high. But I knew weeks like this, <laughs> I I did I, I knew weeks like this were going to happen because he is a good blocker. And one of the things in fantasy football is you probably shouldn't draft good blocking tight ends. But he he, he I, I wonder if he'll be more involved in the game plan in the future. But we're some interesting plays where they looked like they got him out on screen plays i kind of like that to drive up uh value but still of a free you know not not great for uh for fantasy value but that that's not really what we're talking about here let's shift over to the defense which i think other than josh allen that was the story of the night seven sacks and, and this is where we can start talking about the rams too the rams interior offensive line is truly an issue they they do not they they do not look competent uh and the only way they were protecting matthew Stafford was by throwing these short routes to cooper cup and a lot of people wonder well oh why isn't alan robinson getting involved well alan robinson makes his money usually running like these kind of post routes and you know deep type plays and matthew stafford just did he never had time to hold the ball and I, just personally, if I can take a shot at Broncos uh, general manager, George Payton, for a minute. You had some of the most cap space to work with in the NFL this offseason. He did. Vaughn Miller publicly came out several times this offseason and gave the Broncos major love and said, I want to go back to Denver and play with Russell Wilson. And you chose walking suspension, walking injury, walking drug case, Randy Gregory for $70 million over what the Bills gave, which was about $10 million cheaper to Von Miller, who looks like he's going to have a 13, 14 sack season. Like, 
well, what are you doing, George Payton? Like, but the Broncos pass rush going into the season is a major question mark. And you could have fixed it if you just gave the guy that wanted to come retire in your city enough money to go chase a ring with Russell Wilson. That said, I am just a closet Bills fan now. I'm a closet fan of a lot of different teams. I kind of have the Greg Rosenthal effect where I just get attached to like 12 different teams. Uh, I, I'm i just going to root for the Bills this year. I, I don't think the Bills and Broncos are running into each other in the playoffs. I, I, I really think the Broncos are going to be a seven seed and unless they pull off some crazy upset and they play in the divisional round. By the way, Broncos probably don't stand a chance against the Bills. Uh, but the Bills, man. Wow, just in- incredible. Ed Oliver looks finally, but the draft type pays off. Ed Oliver was a problem. He was a problem all night long. And it's like, this this team didn't have Trey White. This this team didn't have Trey White. And Chris we were running looks- a sixth round rookie in Trey White's place. Yeah, and he looked good. The sixth yes, round did. rookie looked good. And Elam stepped in for a little while in the second half, too, and also looked like a very competent. Like, I'm of the opinion, I know a lot of people, especially in the Buffalo area, have been very down on Elam because they're like, I mean, he's got to be terrible. He's getting beaten by a six-round rookie. Well, I'm of the opinion that you don't need to necessarily be bad to get beaten. It just means the other guy is also extremely good. And so I'm of the opinion that we are going to have just a bevy of cornerbacks literally in that thing but von miller i i i not sure i properly rated the effect that he was gonna have on the defensive side of this team like i i, I wanted to believe that he was gonna be absolutely excellent but seven sacks in a night i know that their offensive line had a lot to do with that so it's not exactly 100 percent you know that put some of the moves that the other guys were putting on some of these offensive linemen because they constantly have to have two dudes who are worried about what von miller is up to and i watched jordan phillips put this amazing swim move on his guy get skinny and then he is just literally in matt stafford's lap by himself and the linebacking core of matt milano and trey edmonds does not get near enough love in uh national media i don't think i mean that one hit matt milano put on hendrix in the backfield was just so loud and violent and necessary and he's just there all the time on that stuff like this defense could win a much more mediocre offense a super bowl i feel like and so then you pair it with josh allen and all of this well man like I saw a post on Jets where they're just like, well, we have to play this guy forever. We're doomed. It's like, that yeah, has to be a horrible yeah, feeling to have watched that. I saw that. I saw this tweet from a, from a Jets fan of mine, and he was like, I had to deal with Tom Brady for 20 years, and now I have to deal with Josh Allen for the next 10. And it's like, well, yeah, that, that's a fact. I feel bad for Jets fans. Really do. Uh, yeah. This, this, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see anyone competing in this division for the next 10 years, as long as Josh Allen is, is playing football because he's getting better every year. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a scary proposition. 
just looking before we talk about the Rams for a second and wrap up at the Bengals, at the Bills kind of first four games, the next three, a 4-0 starts very much in the cards. They play the Titans. You know, they should be able to take care of that, especially defensively. They Monday play night the- home game, too. Yes, that's going to be loud and uh, rowdy. They play the Dolphins. They play the Ravens. The Ravens will by far out of all that be the biggest test. Um, But they could very easily start the season 4-0. Meanwhile, we'll talk about the Rams here for just a second and then get out of here. Matthew Stafford just didn't look good. Like, just looked as though... I don't want to say it was the elbow injury. I really don't because I I don't believe that. They seem to believe he's fine. But if it is the elbow injury, that's a problem because he's he just looked really bad. His control was off. His throwing motion looked wonky. And throwing three interceptions and three really bad interceptions, I, I just have... No idea what what's happening there, and I know that Matthew Stafford. Part of the deal is you get some bad games, but we're gonna see very quickly if the elbow is an issue or not because they get the Falcons next week, and that should be a get right game. And we're also gonna see if Allen Robinson is any good because I'm about three. I'm gonna give it three weeks. I've decided, Mason. I'll give it three weeks, but at some point we have to stop making excuses for Allen Robinson in his career. Because we, we could say he's played with bad quarterbacks his entire career. You can say this, that, and me, everything. And I know he's like a fantasy darling because he got garbage garbage time yards one year and put up some points. But, like, he has never proven that he is a legitimately good NFL wide receiver. That's just my opinion. I, I don't think he has ever proven that he is a legitimately good NFL wide receiver. He has three weeks to me. He's got two more weeks he's got the falcons who have no cornerbacks next week they're going to put aj terrell on cooper cup and Allen robinson's going to get a nobody and if they don't target Allen robinson either sean mcveigh's doing something wrong which i i kind of disagree with um or Allen robinson just isn't getting open and things aren't going well and i wish game pass was better option because i i would like to go and look at the all 22 tape on alan robinson because i i'm I'm curious to see if he's actually getting open or not um yeah i'm not sure if he was and i mean again i think you were right to say though like a lot of his routes probably involve a lot of downfield stuff and matt stafford was just not getting time to wait for anything to develop there was no but his his throws just even when he threw some of that downfield stuff anything that was over like 15 yards seemed like it sailed a little high and and you know maybe he is completely right and he feels better but you know when you're in a live game and stuff like that I got to imagine there's at least something in the back of your mind that knows that something was wrong before that you've done something to fix it and the last thing you want to do is go full force and absolutely destroy it you know so I don't know that's that's me a lay person who's never done any of that stuff before assuming but you know that that would strike me as something that would hold me back a little bit but you know he didn't look right but cooper cup obviously looked like normal cooper cup finding holes and zone defenses everywhere making absolutely incredible catches looking athletic as hell but the rest of that team man they got to clean it up 
if they want to get out of that division and have any hope. Yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot from that game. Before we go, I did want to just uh, ask you a quick question. We did our uh, week one preview on Monday. Go check that out on the podcast feed. I'll, I'll tweet that out later today as well. But Mason, what – give me maybe like one or two games that you're really excited to see in this week one. Um, As just like the division, wanting to see it, man, Dolphins-Patriots. Like that feels like a game that – you know, again, it's week one. We shouldn't probably buy in too much to anything we see this week because everything changes so fast. But I feel like there's there's a lot of implication available that's going to come from that game. And it might not necessarily matter who wins it, but like the style with which they play one another, I think is going to tell us a lot about who both teams are going to be this year and, and kind of like what chance they have at least dogfighting for second place in that one. Oh, man. And some of the other games that are going on this week, obviously, uh, I would I can't wait to watch uh, Seattle take on the Broncos and see how uh, Russ does in uh, Nathaniel Hackett system. I, I mean, I'll let you know right now, I don't have a whole lot of faith in your head coach. Uh, and that comes from a place of personal experience. Uh, he was not a good offensive coordinator here in Buffalo. And I will say in his defense, we were really bad with or without him. So there was no coach that was changing any of that. But I mean, it, it as far as I've seen, the guy's been good in two places and that involved Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, Russ is good. So maybe that props him up again and he can do something with a more talented quarterback. But uh, my reservations are there until I see something. We will see what happens with the Broncos. I am extremely nervous it will go poorly. Um I'm I, I I um you know, I I am I wish I could you know, I I do every year. I, I am a little bit of an optimist. I pick the Broncos to go to the playoffs every year, genuinely. But if things start slow, I am the first one to say, Oh no, things are gonna go very, very poorly here. Um there is a chance that the offense doesn't look good. People forget, though, Peyton Manning, first three games in Denver, I think it was the Steelers, the Chargers, and the, the Steelers, the Texans, and the Chargers. The Peyton Manning offense didn't really get going until the second half of the third game of the year against the Chargers. Um, and then it took off, and it never slowed down, it went, and it was a freight train until he fell off a cliff in 2015. So... I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I think there's a chance things go poorly in Seattle. I think if we're talking betting spreads, Seattle plus six and a half is a good bet. Uh, I, I think it'll be pretty close. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what ends up. Uh, what ends no up. matter how much 60% G wants it, Geno Smith is never going to be any appropriate answer for what you want to do at quarterback. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I I could see them being competitive, but competitive can also mean you lose a lot of competitive games. Uh, and and I I think that might be a thing that happens to the Seahawks 
this. I feel like if Pete Carroll gets his way, though, he wants to win a boatload of games like 17 to 16. That's Basically. like his dream. <laughs> we'll see if the Seattle defense is any good. Bear, I, I like their front seven, but the secondary has a lot of holes in it, I think. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Well, Mason, thank you so much for joining me. Let's do this again next Friday when uh, the Chiefs play the Chargers. Perfect. Sounds great. All right. We will be back then. Go check out the week one preview. It is on our podcast page. Follow us on Twitter at EndZonePod. Follow me on Twitter at EricJensenSupport and at Eric18Utah. I tweet out the links during the week constantly for the podcast. Go check it out. Share with your friends, family. Leave us a review on iTunes. I don't ask for that often, but it helps. So if you want to go do that, go ahead and help us out. Five stars is awesome. Thank you so much for your listening and your time. We appreciate you. Football is back, baby. We will see you on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Keep an eye on Twitter for the schedule. Peace out.